Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chaldean Priest Show. Please don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a comment if you would like, and of course, to subscribe. All right, why don't we get started? episode is going to be rather interesting, and I'm basing it on some recent current events that I actually commented on on my last episode in the Lion's Den segment on the incident that happened at a rap concert, an World concert by the rapper Travis Scott. And before I get into that, I want to read you guys the Basilica Hymn in the Chaldean Liturgy for today, because I think it will bring a lot of light to this topic. So, it says this, How glorious is your dwelling place, and beautiful your altar, and great your magnificence. O being who dwells in the heights, the angels testify who cry out and shout, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who dwells in light. The angels proclaim the Trinity with their hallowings, as they say glory at once to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Grant us to thank you along with them and cry out to you with hosannas. Great, O Lord, is a grace that you have effected for the whole mortal race. O Lord, glory to you. So what in the world does what I just read have anything to do with the rap concert? And why would I try to connect the two? So a brief background on history according to the Roman Empire, is whenever there was a new Roman emperor, believe it or not, he would take the title of Pontifex Maximus. And that title represents being the head of that empire, but it also refers to being the head of something like the clergy. So it has some sort of religious significance within that name when a new emperor would take that title. So someone as, let's say, for example, as evil and cruel as Emperor Nero was, he also had that name, he had that title, Pontifex Maximus. So Roman emperors were seen and were known to be as Lord and Savior. And we even see this during Caesar's time. So Caesar's rule, the terms of the Son of God and uh this emperor bringing the good news were attributed to his rule. So you can see how there could be a big controversy and contradiction when Christ comes as the Son of God to bring us the good news, right? The Evangelion, to bring us that. And now we see the Pope being called Pontifex Maximus. What's going on here? You know, Why is there this big contradiction between the Roman Empire and the way emperors were seen to the world and the way the head of the church, let's say the Pope, is seen as the head of the clergy and the head of the Catholic religion, the Vicar of Christ, and the Roman Pontiff? So let's turn to the first commandment, right? I am the Lord your God. You shall not have any gods besides me they would burn incense to the Roman emperors because they saw them as gods. Incense was being burned to them. And when you burn incense to someone, that's a liturgical thing. Incense is liturgical. 
And when you're doing that, you're signifying that that person in front of me is holy and is worthy of worship. And in this Basilica hymn that I read today, in the beginning it talks about this glorious way to worship God. In a glorious dwelling place, it says, in a beautiful altar, and, and talking about how great God's magnificence is and how the angels testify. You see this in Isaiah, holy, holy, holy. When there is a rapper that is allowing himself to be worshipped by people by having concerts that have a ginormous depiction of his head where people walk through and where people go through all different kinds of um, extremes just to make sure they get to that concert at whatever cost it is, then that rapper is being worshipped by people. And this is something really dangerous because Travis Scott is not a god. And I know during modern times, people use that term very loosely. This person's a god. When, you know, they do something big or a big accomplishment, they'll start calling each other gods. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this is all happening. Because this is what's being pushed and this, the attraction level that certain rappers like Travis Scott are getting, it's ridiculous. And this is something that strays away from religion and causes in a subjective way people to lose value in the common good and people to, to see God in a lesser way than they should. And this is problematic, I think, not only for teens and adolescents, because I think that's the main audience that goes to these rap concerts, but it, it's also problematic for an entire society, right? Because when a society is not in unison towards a common good, that means everyone is sort of moseying around and doing things according to their own benefits and you sort of lose control of priorities, you know, like a family. Because not wanting the common good for a society would cause someone to also not want the common good to their family. And everything just becomes bland where everyone just some, does something according to what they want and desire and need as an individual, not as a community. And if this is a case, then it makes sense that there is a rise in atheism. But something more dramatic is happening because it's one thing to think God doesn't exist, right? To be an atheist. It's another thing to be a Satanist, for things to be satanic, because that's just another extreme. And I think it's happening in, fr in front of our eyes. And what's crazy about all of this is it's not even disguised anymore. You know, before we would see a sort of satanic message being uh, spread to a certain audience or whatever in a very subliminal way. Right now it's in front of our eyes. 
when there are upside down crosses at Travis Scott concerts, and I'm sure many other rappers, when there is Baphomet being advertised on new clothing brands and, um, and in other ways, this is in front of our faces, you know? And something that sort of solidifies my argument is, like, for example, you know how when you're in mass and, you know, sometimes you start daydreaming or whatever? And don't tell me you don't, because I'm sure you have at some point, okay? So, I mean, I know people that, you know, are sitting there during mass, whether, you know, with, regardless of what part of mass it is, who'll be thinking about, I don't know, you know, ninjas breaking through the stained glass windows and coming into the church and whatever, um, I don't know why that just came to my mind, but that could happen during Mass, you know? And sometimes I think during Mass, okay, what would happen if something um, happened to a person that's sitting in the pews uh, while a priest is celebrating Mass? So I remember when I was a kid, I was serving the altar, and the priest was celebrating Mass, and an altar kid is standing, so this is during the gospel, and an altar kid is standing there with a candle in his hand, and he just faints. You know, he just passes out and falls. So what happens? Something very natural happens. You know, everyone's adrenaline kicks in. You know, some people come to the aid of that child. They uh, take the altar kid, they pick him up, bring him to the sacristy, pour a little water on his face, and um, he ends up waking up, and uh, the priest, you know, stops very uh, calmly, you know, and by the time they took the child to the sacristy, the priest continued the gospel, and then the mass finished. Okay, cool. Everything went well. If you're going to tell me that if I'm celebrating mass, Father Daniel, you're celebrating mass, and if there's a medical emergency during mass, you're not allowed to stop, I, I would not buy that reasoning with whatever reason that may come from it. I would not buy that for two seconds, even though there's nothing in canon law that says a priest cannot even pause to make sure that, to check on the well-being of a person who's having a medical emergency. When you're telling me that you're on the stage rapping and you see lights and sirens and medics rushing in and people falling and just chaos happening within your concert. And the rationale as to why the concert wasn't stopped in order to tend for the needs of those people was because there's some sort of contractual uh, agreement between the rapper and the arena or wherever it was. Um, that, that just that goes against the basic humanity of caring for another human being. It goes against all of that, even though it's in the contract. And someone who is not a coward, someone who has fortitude and is a virtuous person, would know that the life of a person comes first, no matter what it is. And sometimes you have to take risks to do the right thing you have to have fortitude to do the right thing. And I'm not going to judge Travis Scott's intention, but 
while he is pushing this satanic ideology among his listeners and on his social media pages and what have you, there is something going on. And it's something that I think we all should be aware of. And we shouldn't disregard. Because like I said, it's not far off when Roman emperors would see themselves as gods and saviors of the world. And even though this is not an empire, it's something, like I said, to pay attention to. No no matter who it is, even if you don't like rap, even if you don't listen to him, this is a problem that has to do with humanity, which means it has to do with us first. So I think one way to battle this problem is to show more reverence to God. You know, at church, on a daily basis, showing Him and confessing Him through our words and actions that I will honor the first commandment as you being my God and you being the creator of the world and having full authority of heaven and earth because it is yours. That very simple and brief confession to God could only strengthen who we are, strengthen our hearts, and renew our fidelity to Him. So that is my two cents on the problem that happened at an Astro World concert. Um, I hope that makes sense. And without further ado, as you know, let's get to the lines then. If that sound still scares you, please let me know because I want to laugh. Thank you so much. Okay, so this segment of the lines then is going to be dedicated to the tattoo controversy. Okay, so scripture says in the Old Testament that you should not put ink on your body. And the catechism says now in the new covenant of Christ doesn't mention that getting a tattoo is a sin. Okay, let me try to clear this up. So when the Old Testament talks about uh, going, you know, not getting a tattoo and going against the idea of tattoos. So that was for pagan purposes where people would worship false gods. I mean, this is sort of a full circle from my first segment, but uh, we see a lot of uh, turning uh, away from God in the Old Testament where the golden calf was being worshipped, where there were a lot of pagan rituals, so on and so forth, and one of them were uh, getting tattoos as, as a form of pagan worship, okay? If you're getting a tattoo, it's, I mean, my guess is it's not going to be for some sort of pagan thing. So it's not necessarily a sin. It can be. I'm not going to sort of disqualify that. It can be if it's something excessive or it's something that goes against uh, your beliefs. But if you're going to get one, just... I mean, make sure you thought it through. Don't let it be an emotional moment. And if it's something religious, if it's something meaningful, fine. You know, it should be something that's meaningful, you know. And if you want help or have any questions about tattoos or what you're thinking about getting something but don't know if it's the right thing, 
I mean, you could ask me. I'll give you my opinion. Ask someone that, um, that you trust, you know, that's cool just to have assurance on that. But yeah, don't wake up randomly and decide to get like angel wings on your back or something. I mean, that just, yeah. Anyway, so that is my episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a comment, subscribe, and let me know if you have any questions. But until then, see you next time.